glory, 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 glory. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that will have his way today. He will have his way. He will have his say. He will have full sway here today. In everything, in everything, in everything. I yield my vessel, Lord. We all yield our vessels to receive what is in your heart for us this morning. In Jesus' name, and we all say, Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Oh, I need my glasses, my reading glasses too, in my bag. Thank you. I'm sure I'm not going to need all this, but thank you. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you so much. Well, Pastor John is really looking forward to getting back to us so that he can share everything that um, he's been receiving. And uh, he does send his love to you all. And he is having a glorious time. Hallelujah. So, our journey, our journey, our ancient path. We are on a journey. I shared with you the last time I ministered to you how Pastor John and I have been on a journey. And uh, from ancient path to new discoveries. We've got to journey to new discoveries. We're going to journey to new discoveries in God, in different things. We're going to journey and find out where we are right now and what we should be observing from a church's point of view. I'm going to talk to you about our journey as a church and how we need to be paying attention to what is going on around us and have knowledge of what's happening in the world events and how we should be preparing ourselves for the journey that we have to undertake because God has us on a journey. It doesn't matter. I'm reading from Pastor John's notes. It doesn't matter what other churches are doing. It matters to God, but it's his business. What other churches are doing is not our business. What we are doing actually is not their business because God has got what he's got for us, as Pastor John said, because God has us on a journey. He has us as a church on a journey, and we on this journey must discover what God wants us to do, not what every other church is doing. It's very important that we understand that God has this church on a very specific mandate. So that is... Um, is very personal with a legitimate local church. He just is like that. He will give the spiritual leader of that, the legitimate spiritual leader of that legitimate local church. Why do you use the word legitimate, Pastor Sharon? Because there are many that go to start gatherings, and they were never sent, but they went. They were never sent, but they went. And so that's not for us to judge. Who are the sent and who are the whence? Who are the sent and who are the whence? That's 
God will deal with that, right? But it is our responsibility to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be planted in a place of his choosing. This is not something that you can choose to go to a church that you want to go to. Because then you're just doing what everybody else is doing. I will go to a church for my comfort, my convenience, and my preference. Not by the conviction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. What is that? That means you do exactly what you want to do. You go where you want to go, when you want to go. But actually, if you read the Bible, the Bible, God is very clear, Deuteronomy 12, that you shall go to the place which the Lord your God shall choose for you to go, and there you shall go, and there you shall bring your offering, and there you shall rejoice, and there you shall, there you shall. The planting of the Lord in a local church is very personal to the Lord. If you will let him take it personally, he will take it personally and he'll be personal with you about where you are to be planted. Kenneth Copeland talks about it. The place where God wants you to be planted is your wealthy place and your laughing place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, um, he's taken performance out of our walk with him. So the part that I'm wanting to get to here, such great uh, revelation light did I receive from this message that is burning in me, and I'm really know, I know this, that every heart that will receive will have the same ignition, the same activation that I have had. And if you don't have it today, you should go, and you should go to part one of journey of discovery of the Lord. Because if you've moved quickly from part one to part two to part three to part four, and there has not been this light that came to you from part one, There needs to be a great degree of light that comes to you from part one. So, Jesus had the inward power of God that was motivating him. Nothing could take his life. The power and the strength of God and his word in him. He knew, actually, this body in whatever weakened state it is. That was when he was going to the cross. He knew, actually, that this body in whatever weakened state it is cannot overwhelm the word of God and the will of God that is in me. Jesus came to earth, and when he came to earth, he came as a human being, completely man. I am completely man. He came as a human to the earth, completely man. And although he was born of the seed of God, can I see the hands of all those born of the seed of God? I am born of the seed of God. Although he was born of the seed of God, everything he had to do, he had to do as a man. He had to speak the word. 
He had to speak the word. How do we know that? Jesus himself said, I speak only what I hear the Father speak. I say only. What was he doing? He was only sowing and putting the word of God into his heart. He full well knew the scripture of life and death are in the power of my tongue. I speak life. I cannot have one seed of death in me. I cannot have one seed of darkness in me. He had full-on revelation of life is in my power of my tongue. I'm living in the power of my tongue. Either for life or for death. And that's why death could not take him. There was no death seed in him. It was impossible for him to die. He had to lay his life down and give up his spirit. This is something that the Lord is going to be on at you if you're going to have any degree of desire to go on in God. He will be speaking to you about what you speak. He will be speaking to you about what you speak and what you say. Because this is part of you being conformed to the likeness of Christ. To be just like Jesus. You should be saying, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. You should be saying the words that Jesus said to the father. You should be saying that. Why should you be saying that? Because that's what you're sowing into your heart. That's what can be growing up in your heart. Now, when you have this other part of you that is opinionated, opinionated, opinionated people are constantly sowing death into their hearts, dark seeds. Well, I'll just say what I feel. I'll just say what I like. I'll talk how I want. Well, there we go. There we go. There we go. The power and the strength of God and his word in him. He knew that whatever weakened state, whatever circumstance were around him, it cannot overwhelm the word of God that is in me. So, he had to speak the word so that the word of God could make him strong because he was a man. It wasn't an automatic thing because he was born sinless that the word of God just automatically lived in him. I believe this. You know why I believe this? Because the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way like you and I are. He was tempted just to blabber. He was tempted just to spit out something from his flesh. He was tempted in like manner as you and me. He was tempted to say what he wanted to say and have his say in every circumstances what he wanted to say. 
but it says that he was tempted in every way, just as we were. So whenever you are tempted to say, just remember Jesus was tempted just like you, and he just did not. The power of choice that Jesus had. He lived in the power of his choice to choose life and not death. To choose to speak life and not death. Right. He had to speak the word. He had to hear what the Father said and speak what the Father said. Hallelujah. The Bible says his word will remain forever. Everything I do by his word will live with me eternally. Why? Because it lives in you eternally. Everything that you sow and grow in your heart from God's word because you speak it goes with you into eternity. Everything I do by myself, everything I say for myself, by myself, will perish with me. Because I can't do anything I do out of my own will. Because, no. Anything I do out of my own will, I can't take it with me to heaven. Everything I do while I'm on earth, that is his words. His word, his words goes with me. His words are his ways, are his will. Well, can it be that simple? Yes. It's that simple. You, it's that simple. There's a simplicity, a beautiful simplicity in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the way that Jesus lived on earth. I say what I hear my father say. I do what I see my father do, I can of my own self do nothing. Could he have of his own self do something? Of course. Of course. He could have done, like every other Christian, they could do what he liked. But he came to be the perfect son, to show us how to live like him. He came us to show us how to live like him. He came to die, to be raised again, so that the Holy Spirit could live within us to enable us to live just like him on earth. The Holy Spirit can do in you and me exactly what he did in Jesus when Jesus was on the earth. So, can it be that simple? Yes. Yes, it's that simple. I'm just thinking now of the scripture. Um, I think it's, thank you, Lord. I think it's the simplicity that is in Christ. Hallelujah. I think it's Galatians. It says here, I think. Hmm. talks about our despair lest Satan beguiles you and you get deceived that you no longer live in the simplicity of Christ. All right. 
talking about Eve was beguiled. Satan just took the simplicity of walking with God right out of her. And it all got so complicated. Because it was the same thing in the garden. You just do what you see me doing and you just speak what I've spoken to you. It's what you speak. Right? There was a different speaking that came when Satan came to tempt her. From the beguile from the simplicity that's in Christ. Did you see it? Did you find it, Bryn? It's amplified. It's amplified. Yes? Thank you. Second Corinthians. All right. I'm going to find it. Is a simplicity. Is it that simple? Is it that simple? 11. Second Corinthians. Okay. This is the Spirit of God saying here, I wish I'm zealous for you. This is God. God is zealous for you with a godly eagerness and a divine jealousy. For I've betrothed you to one husband to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But now I'm fearful, lest that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, so your minds may be corrupted and seduced from wholehearted, sincere, pure devotion to Christ. There must be another translation that talks about simplicity then. Simplicity. The simplicity that's in Christ. Which one? The Passion Translation. And the King James? The New King James also talks. Satan has beguiled you from the simplicity that's in Christ. It's not complicated to serve the Lord. It's, a, it's simplicity. It's simplicity. To say what you hear him saying, to do what you see him doing, Nothing more and nothing less, right? So, says here, how complicated is it to have Jesus in your heart? All you have to do is say, Jesus, come and live in my heart. I believe in you, come and live in my heart. If you say that and believe that, you are immediately transitioned into a new creature status. And as you sit here today, you are living proof that God is real. So he comes and fills your spirit, man, with himself. When you say, come and live in my heart, you become something different to what you were moments away ago. You just have to believe and speak. You have to believe and speak. You have to believe and speak. So then he says here, Jesus, you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life in the moment. In the moment is the moment when the marvelous new birth takes place. It happens in a moment. It's not something you can work for. It's not something you can say, I'm going to become better at it before I make that choice. It's something you say, I'll pray, I'll believe it and receive it. And he does the miracle. He does the miracle. Is there any greater miracle than that? So then if there's a miracle that you and I can immediately live by, then every other miracle has the same foundation. 
every other marvelous supernatural work of God in you with any and every promise comes the same way. I believe in my heart and I speak it. I believe in my heart and I speak it. And that's what takes the performance out of my walk walk with him is that then he performs it. Because I believe that when I believe and I speak, he does the work. That's the simplicity that's in Christ for everything, for everything, for every area of my life. Hmm. So, every other miracle has the same foundation. Every other miracle in your life has the same foundation. Believe with your heart and speak with your mouth. It's an everything statement. It's an everything statement. Believe with your heart and speak with your mouth. So I'm wanting to read here 2 Corinthians 4. I'm already in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. Look at this. We have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, and that was written in Psalm 116. We have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I have believed and therefore I have I spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. I have the same spirit of faith. I have the same spirit of faith. And then when God, when Jesus says, have the faith of God. Some translations say, have faith in God. But actually, the Greek means, have, have the faith of God. Have it. Have it. Have it. If you have something, then you have it. Have the faith of God. Have it. And so if you have it, then live by it. So then you believe, and therefore you speak. Then you believe, and therefore you speak. The reason why you don't believe, the reason you're in a condition of unbelief, is because you've spoken so much death. Your speakings of death have placed you where you don't believe God. You don't believe his word. You don't believe this message this morning. You don't believe that it's this simple, that God's word can be this, in this kind of simplicity for you. It's because you've got other things growing in your heart that you put there. And you know what the other things growing in your heart that you put there is things you learned from the world, from the popular culture of the day. You've put them in your heart. That's why your mind goes, tilt, tilt, I don't believe, I, don't, I, don't, I know I don't believe that. I know I don't. That's because of what you've already sown in your heart. And it's putting, casting a shadow of the light that God wants to bring. It's darkness that you've sown in your heart. And so it's bringing that darkness, that obscurity from the light. So that's why God is going to help us tremendously. Because the Bible talks about there's two things growing in your heart, believer. Two things growing in your heart. There's wheat from the word 
and there's tears. Tears from the wicked world. Tears, T-A-R-E-S, weeds, choking, choking, choking the word of God that wants to bring forth life. And God has made a promise, and you and I need to live in the power of that promise. That at the time of harvest, and that's exactly where we are right now, I will bundle up and burn the tears How does he do that? He does that because you're intimate with him and he brings his fire to your heart and he burns it up. He just burns it all up. All the tears. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So. Oops. Sorry. All right. So, glory. I never say or think nothing is happening. When I've sowed the word, it's all happening. Oh, the word's happening in me. It's nothing to do with what I feel. It's everything to do with what I believe, that his word is real. I've sown it into my heart. It's incorruptible seed, it says in the book of Peter. His word engrafted in my heart, lodged in my spirit, contains the power in it to save my soul, my will, my emotions, my thought life. The only, the only thing that is going to save, bring us to completed salvation is that I believe and therefore I speak. I believe and therefore I speak. And everything that I have not, that I have not, that has not been planted, God promises every tree that I've not planted in you. I'll pluck it out by the roots. Pastor John ministered to us on deep, deep roots of things you've said. God is not mocked. What you sow is what you will reap. What I sow, I will reap. What words I have sowed, I will reap. But at the time of harvest, and this is a time of harvest right now, spiritually speaking, that we are in. Right now, we have got an opportunity in our preparation to say, I present all my tears to you. All my weeds, here they are. I'm expecting you to pull them out by the roots. I don't even know how many tears I have in me from years and years. I have tears from years and years. I've been saying, I've been sowing, I've been speaking things. It's been growing and now look, this is who I am. I'm full of unbelief. I'm full of carnality. I'm full of worldliness. I'm full of lusts of my flesh. I present my tears to you. You promised I'm living in the power of this promise. I'm going to give you those scriptures. Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
All right. This is so recent that the Lord has shown me this. Let me see where you are. Must be here. It's my journal. Excuse me. Jesus. Glory to God, right? Oh, the Lord told me to tell you this. Thank you for reminding me, Lord. He told me to tell them, tell them that their preparation is as perfume and a fragrance unto me. I see and I know. Your preparation is as a fragrance to him. Be encouraged by that today. He sees and he knows. And so you don't want to despair and you don't want to compare in your preparation. Preparing for what? For the glory of God. I don't compare and I don't despair. I don't compete. I just continue to prepare. Hallelujah. And you know everything that's on my plate. Thank you that you're going to see to it that I'm not going to be late. Glory to God. The Lord says, your preparation is as perfume and a fragrance unto me. I see and I know. So, I'm looking for that. I thought it was right at the end. So we're talking about maybe I put it oh I put it in my notes of the message. Okay, okay, here it is. Here it is. What do I do with the tears when I'm as I'm in the message? The Lord's I said to the Lord, what do I do about the tears? He said, Present them all to me. I know what they are. Present yourself a living sacrifice. Present yourself a living sacrifice and let my fire fall on your heart. Let my fire fall on your heart. So now we're going to go to Matthew 13, verse 25. You're going to see the process here. At harvest time, this is harvest time. We're going to go to Matthew 13. Okay, Matthew 13, 25. You're getting very hot off the press stuff. Because I'm preparing, and I expect God to be giving me everything. So I'm preparing. I'm preparing. I just want to remind you, I'm preparing in praise and with praise. I'm preparing in praise and with praise from the Psalms. Those places I've underlined that I want to speak to him, that I want to say to him. Why am I preparing in praise and with praise? Because Judah, praise will plow up your heart, ground of your heart. So that when the seed comes into your heart and you're speaking the seed and you're speaking what you're hearing him saying, you're speaking seed from the messages and seed from the precious holy written word of God, it's going and going on soft soil. So the Lord said this, for your preparation, you have to have, Soft soil and seed. How many of you have heard me say this already? Can I see your hands? 
I've said this over and over and over again. So perhaps this morning you will hear it. Perhaps this morning you will hear that God says, if you want soft soil of your heart and not a hard heart of unbelief, Judah, it says in Isaiah 28, shall plow up the hard ground of your heart. It's time, it says, one of the prophets say, to plow up the hard ground of your heart so that I can come and rain righteousness on it. Righteousness, which is of faith, is the words of God in your heart that you're believing. <sighs> so I'm going to say this to you again. Trusting that you're going to be believing that Judah shall plow up the hard ground of your heart. Judah is a word called praise, which means I lift up a hand and I acknowledge who he is. There's no better book to go to to acknowledge who he is than to the book of Psalms. The simplicity that is in Christ, I speak to you this morning. Do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. How do you get deceived? The book of James says, when you reason contrary to the truth that I'm speaking to you now that Judah shall plow, you, you, you deceive your own self, it says. You deceive your own self. You deceive your own self by reasoning contrary to the truth. So where was I going to go now? Psalms. I'm going to show you again. For those of you, it's all available. But I'm going to give it to you again because God is long-suffering with us. He's long-suffering and he's merciful. Today again, he's merciful and long-suffering with us. Not wanting that any should not be ready. I'm just going to go where I was this morning. Oh, Lord, just underline what you want to say to the Lord and then personalize it. Oh, I sing to you a new song, Lord, for you've done marvelous. Your right hand and your holy arm has gotten you the victory. I make a joyful noise to you, Lord. I make a loud noise and I rejoice and I sing. Hallelujah. I will sing of your mercy and justice unto you, Lord, will I sing. So, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. O oh Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Oh, I give thanks to you, Lord. I call upon your name. I sing to you. I sing psalms unto you. I glory in your holy name. My heart rejoices because I seek you, Lord. I seek you, Lord, in your strength, and I seek your face evermore. Psalm 105. I remember your marvelous works. I sing. I sing these psalms to you, Lord. Hallelujah. I know I'm plowing up the hard ground of my heart. I know I am because I believe. I believe God's word. I know I'm plowing up hard ground. Not only am I plowing up hard ground of my heart, I'm keeping my soil of my heart in excellent condition. That's why I will praise him all the days of my life. Oh, I praise you, Lord, Psalm 106. I give thanks to you for you are good. You are good, Lord. Hallelujah, Psalm 108. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. Verse 1, I will sing and give praise, even my glory. I will awake early to praise you, Lord, among the people. Be exalted, God, above the heavens and your glory above the earth. Hallelujah. 
Psalm 130, I will greatly praise you, Lord, with my mouth. Psalm 111, I praise you, Lord, I praise you with my whole heart. so much glory to God let me see let me see my tongue will speak of your word hallelujah I will praise you Psalm 138 with my whole heart before God's small g will I sing unto thee I will worship in your holy temple I am his temple so I'm not looking for some building to worship in I will worship in in your holy temple I'm worshiping I worship in your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. And then you'll get to a verse in the Psalms where you think, oh, no, that's not what I'm going to say to him. So that's why I'm just helping you. Speak the things you want to speak to him in praise, in love and in rejoicing. Plowing up the hard ground of your heart. Hallelujah. I will extol you Psalm 145. My God and King, I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day will I bless you. I will praise your name forever and ever. Great are you, greatly to be praised. I will speak of your glorious honor of your majesty and of your wondrous works. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So, I'm telling you how I'm preparing. I'm preparing with praise and in praise. I'm preparing praise. I'm preparing with profession. Profession. Praise. Profession. Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, is the high priest of my profession. What does it mean he's the high priest of my profession? That word profession is exactly the same Greek word that's used for confession. This is not some confession that you go to a confession box to confess your sins. This is you making confession of his word. Confession, declaration, proclamation, decree, speaking God's word with my mouth, sowing it into my heart. I'm preparing with praise. I'm preparing with confession, declaration, profession, because he's the high priest of what I declare. What does that mean? He watches over my words to perform them. I believe them, I speak them, and he does the work. No performance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe, therefore I speak. But I'm not sure that I believe my head, my head, my head. Doesn't matter what your head says. Doesn't matter. You don't believe with your head. You believe with your heart. You believe with your heart. Glory to God. And then I'm preparing with speaking. All right. It's just when I come here, then the Lord wants me to share everything that he's shared with me with you. I can have no secrets for myself. So I'm praise speaking, I'm word speaking, and I'm tongue speaking. 
So when you're on your ancient path, Pastor John said, ancient language, ancient path, right? So let me tell you something about ancient language. It's not just speaking in tongues. Ancient language is the word of God. The word of God is ancient. Why? Because it comes from the ancient of days, the book of Daniel comes from, these are ancient, this is ancient language when I speak this. But then I also have a tongue, a new tongue that I speak with as well. And that's what I do. And that's how I'm preparing. Glory to God. Enjoy. I'm preparing enjoy. The Lord said to me, I'm so glad you're enjoying your preparation, Sharon. I'm so glad you're enjoying your preparation, that it's not a chore for you. I'm so glad you're enjoying my messages and enjoying finding seed and sowing seed. I'm so glad you so enjoy. S-O-W-I-N-J-O-Y and S-O-E-N-J-O-Y. You so enjoy and you so enjoy. He said, I'm so glad that you enjoy that you're not doing it. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to have, my, I've got to have message moments. I've got, to, I've got to do all of this. No, there's no performance. I'm not preparing with performance. I'm preparing in joy and with joy. It's my delight to, to prepare. So, we're going to Matthew 13, right? We're going to Matthew 13. Let me just see here. Oh. Matthew 13, 25. Okay, my Amplified Bible, that's where it is. This is Matthew 13, 25. Live in the power of this promise. Matthew 13, 25. By the way, um, Matthew 13 is about the sowers went out to sow. Matthew 13. Look at this here. Let's read this. Matthew 13 from the Amplified Bible. And this is another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Right? Good seed is word seed. But while he was sleeping, he was fast asleep spiritually. It's like the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins. They were all sleeping. Right? While he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed also Darnell, weeds resembling wheat among the wheat, and went on his way. Mm. See, the King James talks about tares, T-A-R-E-S. Weeds resembling wheat among the wheat and went on his way. So when the plants sprouted and formed grain, the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have Darnell shoots in it? And he replied to them, An enemy has done this. You've been institutionalized. The world system, the wicked world system, has taught you how to speak, and so you've sowed seed like that in your heart. So it says here, 
Do you want us to go and weed them out? No, he said. Lest in gathering the wild wheat, weeds resembling wheat, you root up the true wheat along with it. Let them grow together until the harvest. When I was with you on September the 18th, I told you the Lord said to me, it's harvest time. That's why Pastor John's seeds are all, his harvest has come. Of seeds that he's sown for so many, it's harvest time. Harvest time always comes. He gave us that story about, I think it was Boaz, it was at the time of harvest. It was at the time of harvest that Naomi and Ruth arrived back. It was at the beginning of the harvest. We are at a time of harvest. So we have grace now for us to lay claim to say, everything that's growing in me, Lord. I'm going to go to the King James because I just want to do that. Right? So, the enemy sowed, that sowed them is the devil. Okay, look at this. Where was I? Where was I? What verse was I in? Am I in verse 29? Oh, that's it. But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let bro both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather together first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, how's it going to get burned? I've got all the scriptures here that he's been giving me. You are, you're pulling all of my private stuff out of me. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory. Yes. So. So now I'm going to put a marker there and I'm going to go to Matthew 3. Matthew 3, all that you need, Matthew 3, verse 10. This is Jesus talking. He's saying, now and now, this is what Jesus is saying to us now. Now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Do you remember Pastor John's message of trees of light? And he said, I've been growing trees of light. He said, I've been growing trees of light. Why? Because he's been sowing words of light. He's been growing trees of light. Now is the axe laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which brings not, bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water. This, this was John the Baptist speaking. I beg your pardon, not Jesus. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This is God's fire of love. It's actual. It's actual fire. You can have the experience 
of God, of you, this, you encountering the tear in your life and at the same moment, he comes to burn it. You can have that experience. You can know in your intimacy with him the moment when that tear comes out. I dare you to believe this scripture about the tear that he will, that you can take it, present it to him, bundle it up and burn it, Lord. I've been baptized with your spirit and with your fire. Burn it with your fire. Burn it with your fire. I'm expecting you to burn it deep, deep roots, one by one by one over this next 60 days before you come. Burn them up one by one by one, Lord. I'm drawing near in preparation for your fire to burn, Lord. Your fire to burn all the tears in me. Now you're going to find out what a tear is. All right. I'm going back to Matthew 13. Look what the tear is. Okay. So he came. So the people came in Matthew 13 to ask him, please explain this parable to us. And then he said in verse 37, King James, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. So Jesus gives you good seed from his word to sow. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. So he's saying here that we got wicked things from the wicked world and we put it into our own hearts. Can you see that? The enemy sows wicked people to teach you wicked ways and wicked, give you wicked words. Wicked means twisted. It's twisted. It's twisted. It's just, you, it's just twisted. It's not the straight that God has for you. It's a twisted way because it's a twisted word. Sounds good, but it's twisted, right? The tares and, and the enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burnt in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. Now this is good news for me. Not for the wicked that will not repent, but it's good news for me. Great. Right? And Matthew 15, I'm going to give you this last scripture, and then I'm probably going to, to finish. Matthew 15, 13 says this. He answered and said, every plant, a lot of other translations say every tree, every tree Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. It's a very excellent promise for me. Very excellent promise for me. Very aware now that it's the time of God for us, this great grace. is opportunity now for us to have most excellent preparation. But can you see how personal it is with God? You have to sit with the Lord. 
with this. Lord, you know the deep, deep roots that are growing in me that are from the wicked kingdom, kingdom of darkness. I'm presenting them all to you, and I'm, I'm living in the power of this promise that I'm being baptized with your Holy Spirit and with fire, your fire. You, I'm bringing it all to you. I'm asking for them to be bundled up and burned, all of them, Lord. Every tree that's growing in me that you have not planted, pull them out by the roots. Pull it out by the roots. I can't pull out by the roots. They've grown so deep I don't even know what's grown. I forget even all the years of what I've sown. And God is not mocked. Whatever I've sown, I will reap. But the reapers, this is a time now of great grace where I can come and say, your fire, Lord, burn it up in me with your fire. What's that going to be like? You have to experience that for yourself. You have to experience that for yourself. At this time, there's such great power of the Holy Spirit available to you for, for you to, 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 to be in such an excellent spiritual condition through profession, through pray in tongues, through praise. And this here, this morning, coming, here's um. Bundle up and burn. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's another whole message that I have to bring. Probably next week it's living in the power of Pentecost is what actually does it all for you. Living in the power. The promise. The promise is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Living in the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in power in you. So, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe and I speak and he does it, not me. So, I know you got something out of this this morning. Somebody got something out of this this morning. Glory to God. Jesus' spirit speaking Jesus' words, just like Jesus was on the earth. This is Pastor John's message number one of this of journey. Speaking Father God words. We speak Jesus' words. We speak God words. Now, angels only see born again spirit. Jesus' words get to work. There's no performance in this. This is all about the promise. And he gives us the power to live like this. Here it is, Hebrews 3, 1 and 2, New King James. He is the high priest of my confession. New King James says, the high priest of my confession. Not my confession of sins. It's not, there's, there's a time for that when it's necessary. 1 John 1, 9. But this is, this is, he's the high priest of my confession. What I declare out of my mouth. He watches over it to perform it. He gives you the faith in your moment of choice to actually fulfill the transaction. The moment you choose to speak, in the moment that you choose to speak God's word and not your emotions 
and not darkness and death. He gives you the faith, just like to get born again. He gives you the faith in the moment of choice to complete the transaction. That goes with relationships, that goes with finances, that goes with everything that goes with. No, I forgive. No, I forgive. I do forgive and I will forgive here, Lord. I take no offense. I keep no record of this wrong done to me. I pay no, I don't, I pay any attention. In that moment, he gives me the faith and he does the transaction and it's done. It's not something I try to do so hard to forgive in my moment of choice because I have the power of choice. No, I forgive. That's what I say. I do forgive. I do bless, I do good, and I pray for. And I love. In that moment, he does the miracle. Worry, 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 worry about this and about that. No, 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 I don't speak that. I don't speak worry. Worry is what the world teaches you to speak. Why would you sow words of worry? It's words of doubt and words of death and words of darkness. When God clearly makes a commandment, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything ever. That takes away, what, three quarters of your life? What will you do if you don't worry? It's so liberating. It frees me to say, I don't worry. I'm not worrying about that. Uh, no, I don't take that care. I roll that care over upon the Lord because he cares for me. I'm not worrying about that. In that moment of my power of choice, he gives me the, he gives me the faith and he does the transaction in me. In the moment of choice, he releases the power of faith to complete the transaction. But they keep coming back. They keep, I keep saying. I keep speaking. I keep casting down those vain imaginations and bringing those thoughts to the obedience of the word of God. I am victorious in this. He's not going to defeat me. I overcome him like this. Continually, repeatedly, do I overcome him like this. It's how Jesus overcame Satan. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. My whole life long, I will be professing, confessing, co confessing God's word to overcome. It's my victory. It's my victory. No. I say no. I'm not take that care. I'll be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer, by speaking to God about it and making my requests known to God. And his peace shall God and garrison my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. You must find this scripture. You must find what the word promises and then live in the power of that promise by speaking it, declaring it. Standing 
on his word. Standing on his promises. And when the battle is fierce and it's waging and it's raging and he's roaring at you like a roaring lion, you can just take your Bible and you can speak the word and say, I'm standing on his word. 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 I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the promises of God. All of his promises are yes and amen. And I say amen and amen to every promise. There's a promise that covers every aspect of my life. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, but you're not all that. And look what you did yesterday. And look what you did last night. Speak to the blood. I have boldness of access, not because of my performance, but because the blood gives me this boldness. The blood gives me the right to stand on the promises of God. And I'm going to stand on the promises of God until all of them come true in my life. Because your promises are exceedingly great and precious to you, Lord. I live in the power of the promise because you are the one. The power is not in the promise as much as in who made the promise. You promised. You promised, hallelujah. You make your promise good in my life, hallelujah. I'm standing on the promises of God, hallelujah. All the days of my life will I live in the power of his promises. Glory to God, hallelujah, hallelujah, yes, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, yes. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We live in the simplicity. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, this is how you came to take the power out of, you came to take the power of performance right out of my relationship with you. You gave me the power of your word and your promises. Glory to you, God. That's it. But doesn't look like anything is changing. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. At the moment of my choice, when I spoke the word, the transaction was done. I'll not take doubt from you and your lies to my mind. I'll not permit doubt and unbelief. I'll not be double-minded. I'll not be deceived by you. I'm not Eve. I'll not be deceived by you. I'm a new creature. I have the blood. You beguiled Eve from the simplicity of living in the garden. You know, will not beguile me. I'm fully persuaded that all I have to do is believe and speak. Believe with my heart and speak. Believe with my heart and speak. Don't get confused between what you believe with your heart and what you doubt with your head. Because sometimes you'll be thinking, I don't really believe. But actually your spirit man does believe everything of God. Your spirit man, you will recreate it as a new creature to believe. 
You've actually got to decide to not believe. Doubt in your head, plenty. But your spirit believes. Your spirit, your heart believes. Your heart believes. Really. If you're born again, your heart believes. It's in the mind where he plays mind games with you. And that's where you've got to deal with him. That's where you've got to deal with the devil. You hold the blood. You plead the blood. You speak to the blood. You tell him, speak to the blood. Don't you bring anything up of my past. I do not permit you to bring up anything of my past. I've been washed clean from last night, from this morning's stuff. I'm washed clean. I'm washed clean. Because this is the way I roll with God. Lord, I shouldn't have done that. Forgive me, Lord. I'm, wo I'm, he's, I'm working out my salvation like this with the Lord. I'll not permit you to bring up anything to cause me to waver and me to doubt that I can't come with boldness to you. Yeah. 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 Not going to have shadows here. Obscurity. I've been delivered from obscurity and shadows, keeping me from the light of God. It's about time. It's about time. This revelation has come now, and it's for us for now, and we take it. We take it. We believe it. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning to us. Father, I thank you that your people have received it. They, they believe it, Lord. And now they're not, they're not going to forget what manner of man they are. They've looked into the mirror of your word now. Now they're going to go out and they're going to do your word. They're going to believe and speak. Believe and speak in every circumstance that comes up, even this afternoon, even tonight, even tomorrow morning. Everything, they're going to be mindful. I believe, therefore I speak. I believe I have the same spirit of faith as those who believed and spoke. Me, I believe and I speak. And the word does the work. God does the work. The word will work. It's working, but it's, I can't see it working. Everything's happening. I never say nothing's happening. My faith never tells the time either. I don't say to God, now this must be working by this time. Real faith, when you believe it, it's going to come to pass. It's going to grow up in my heart. I'm not saying, by now it should have grown up in my heart. By now I ought to be so much further along. By now I ought to be, I ought to be. No, 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 no. 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 I'm just staying in my faith walk. I cannot be moved. There's an inevitability about it. It must come to pass because it's God's word. There's an inevitability about it all because God's word is truth. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. There's nothing he's promised you that is a lie. It's impossible for him to lie. It's impossible. It's impossible. He cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. It's impossible. The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. 
It's not possible. It's not possible for him to lie. He's not a man that he should lie. <laughs> He's God, and it's impossible for him. So for me, I'm believing with my heart. For you, I'm believing this with my heart, Lord. I'm believing this with my heart. And I'm speaking it with my mouth. And you're doing it. Oh, God wanted you to have this this morning. His love wanted you to hear this this morning in detail. I know I've taken some time, but his love wanted you to, to see things in detail. Because that's how I love how he shows me things, is that a child can understand it. And I say, thank you, Lord. I'm your, he calls me his little flock. I'm his little child. And he teaches me like that still. All these years, even though I'm, I'm gray. Not really. I mean, you know, I get help. I take all the help I can get. But, you know, glory to God. The Bible says I'm still bringing forth fruit in old age. Yeah. The fruit is richer now than ever before because it's fruit compounded on fruit of the, word, of the seeds I've sown. So just do it. Just decide, I'm going to speak God's word. I'm going to believe what Pastor Sharon said this morning because it's in the word. And I'm just going to start. I'm going to believe and speak and believe and speak and he will do the work. Do you love this? Don't you love this? I love it. 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 Hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful. He's the word made flesh. And he's given us his words to be made flesh in us. To actually come into being in us. We become the word too. Like Jesus. You know, Charles Finney said something very powerful. He said, revival is nothing more and nothing less than a new beginning of obedience and reverence and faith in God's holy written word and his living word. That's why revival is not a New Testament word. Because the New Testament born-again Christian is to be, is the revived product. So that's why it's so pitiful that we are even, that we, any Christian is ever found to be even more dead than the dead Christians in the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament spoke about revival. But it's not a New Testament word. It's not. It's not. It's because Jesus came. So we are revived. Revived. His word revives us. His word keeps us revived. Alive. Alive. 
alive, active, alive spirit beings, new creatures. It's not a New Testament word. But if we want to use revival, it's nothing more and it's nothing less than a new beginning of obedience and faith, love for God's holy written word and his living word. If there's some shaking and there's some falling and there's some rattling and there's some rolling, good. But revival is a return to a holy love of obedience for his word, faith in his word. Glory. It puts some perspective too on bag of seeds, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Father, I bless your people. This time I'm closing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and receiving. Father, I bless your people. Thank you that they've received your word. Lord, oh, their speaking's changing, Lord. Their speaking's changing, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, and you're going to burn with the fire, with your fire, Holy Spirit, all the, all the tears. Lord, hallelujah. And your people, we are all going to be ready for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Bye-bye, everybody.